We're going to get right into the word of the Lord this morning. I'm going to share with you today something that's been on my heart, stirring on my heart lately, and so I felt like the Holy Spirit is prompting in this, in this direction, and that is to uh, be talking about a heart of generosity, developing our hearts of generosity, no matter where we are at in our walk with God and how generous of an attitude we may have, and uh, uh, there's always room to grow. Everyone said there's always room to grow. And so there's always room to grow in the, in the realm of generosity. And when we're speaking of generosity, of course, a big part of it has to do with our stewardship, but it, it goes far beyond that. It's a generosity of heart has to do with an attitude towards so many things. Uh, one of the things that I, I need to continue to work on is to uh, be generous in giving words of affirmation. I grew up in a culture where, where, where uh, affirmation was almost held back on purpose thinking you don't want the person's head to get too big. You, know, you don't want the person to you know, become uh, overconfident. And so it was almost purposely held back. And so overcoming that mindset and overcoming that development is something that I'm still working at in my young age today. And so, you know, it takes a while, but I, I'm getting there. But the idea, I, oftentimes I find myself that you say something, something affirming, and, and I... And, and my flesh wants to hold back, saying, no, no, I don't need to say that. And uh, the reality is, yes, I should have said that, and yes, I do need to give words of affirmation. So there's so many different areas of our life where we can certainly grow in affirmation and being kind to one another, being considerate of one another, and, 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 and just being generous in our, uh, think of developing generosity in our time of prayer for one another and, and so forth. And so there's so many different realms in it. So I want you to uh, encourage you to keep your ears open and your heart receptive to what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and where you are at in your walk with God as we talk about developing a heart of generosity. You know, many times in Scripture we have a, if, if you talk about how did Jesus identify himself, you know, if you ask people, well, he identified himself as love, he identified himself as, 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 as the Father's Son, he identified himself as light, as peace, but you know he also identified himself as generous. You know, in the parable in Matthew I think it's in Matthew 25, the, the parable of, of the vineyard workers. When he said the kingdom of heaven is like this, I always like what he, the reason he gives parables, he usually begins saying, and the kingdom of heaven is like. What he's doing, he's drawing a picture, giving us a, giving us a, a verbal picture of what the kingdom's like. Then he gave the parable of the vineyard workers and such. The, the people went out early in the morning, they worked all day, and the owner kept going back and employing more people. And he even went back at the 11th hour of the day and employed some people and they ended up working for him for one hour. At the end of the day, when it's time for their, their daily distribution of their earnings, the 11th hour workers received the same salary as the 12 hour workers. Of course, the, the people that worked all day began murmuring and complaining. And the owner said, which is a type of Jesus, the owner here is a representative of Jesus. The owner said, are you, envious because I am generous. So he identified himself as being a generous person. So do you see, first and foremost, do you see God as generous? Do you envision Jesus as being a generous Jesus? 
Again, with my early developmental stages, not only was uh, generosity withheld intentionally, but also had a picture of, of, of God that was not necessarily generous. Because after all, money is the root of all evil. But that's the mindset I had. I said that, I said that intentionally. Come to find out, it's not money being the root of all evil. It's the love of money being the root of all evil. And so God is a generous God. You read through the scriptures, the psalmist said, you know, the Lord, my shepherd, my cup is half full. No, it runs over. My cup runs over. The miracle provision with the loaves and fishes when Jesus fed the multitude, there was a, when he talked about what do you have to feed these people, and he said, the only thing we have is there's, there's a lad here with a few fish and a few loaves. He said, but what are, what are these few fish and these loaves compared to so many people? And Jesus said, bring it to me. And fortunately, the young lad that had the lunch of a few loaves and a few fishes, a few fishes, a few fish, <laughs> a few fish was generous enough to give that. Now, it's not natural for a young boy to give up his lunch. But this young lad was generous, and he gave up his lunch, and Jesus used that generosity to, to display an even greater generosity. And out of that, he fed thousands of people, and remaining were 12 baskets left over. And so they had much more than at the end than what they had at the beginning, but it began with a heart of generosity. And so when you recognize and you come to a place where you're acknowledging God as being a generous God, and that, that's your, your image of him, it makes it much easier to be obedient to him in the promptings, when he's prompting you to, to uh, do a kind deed, to express something, to share something, and, and, and to trust him in, in the realm of your stewardship, and, and to trust him that he will always be, he always has been, he is today, and he will be tomorrow, the provider of all, of, you, of all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So God is generous beyond measure. Peter's uh, great catch of fish you know, he could have he impressed Peter when he fished all night and didn't catch any fish. And he said, told him to go launch out again in the deep for a, for a catch of fish. Peter obeyed him. He went back out, launched out in the deep, put down their nets. And he caught so many fish that the boat, the nets began to break. The boats were, began to sink, caught so many that Peter had to call um, for his friends to bring their boat and filled their boat. And their boats were sinking. So it's boat load sinking you know, just generosity beyond measure. And God wants to do that in your life. These aren't just stories to tease us, but God really wants to, to, to uh, display his generosity in your life beyond measure, beyond what you perhaps at this point have never even comprehended that could it be? Could it be that God wants me to develop in generosity, that I can be a generous person and God will be displaying his generosity to me. Now, I know the pushback sometimes comes, well, Pastor Ray, you know, when you're talking about being generous and you talk about uh, giving and expecting God to give back to you, you know, I don't know if you should teach it that way. Well, I'm only teaching what the word of God teaches. Jesus himself said in Luke 6, 38, give and it shall be. Everyone say shall be. It shall be or will be given back to you, pressed down, shaken together, 
With the same measure that you give, it will be poured back into your lap in the same measure. So we can't get away from the propositions in God's word. It's the law of God, the law of sowing and reaping. Again, along with my culture of growing up with withholding generosity, I also grew up in an agricultural community. And also my, my mother would always have a, a very large vegetable produce garden. And so we were never taught to plant our seeds in the springtime and not to expect anything. In that area, we were taught to expect abundance. You plant your seeds, there's going to be, you're going to plant seeds and you're going to get back a greater harvest, sowing and reaping. It's the law of God. And that same law applies to a heart of generosity. When we are generous and affirming people and being kind to people and, 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 and sowing and reaping. And so it's something that I, I believe that God wants to challenge us in this morning. So let's begin by uh, reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I'm going to begin reading at verse 10. It says, For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide in and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Verse 11, yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. So that you can always be generous. The idea of sowing and reaping is very real. You sow, you can, you, you can and you should anticipate a harvest. I would think ill of any farmer here in Berks County that would go out in the springtime and plant his crops and then just say, ah, sure, I'm glad that's done. Now I can just be lazy the rest of the year and I can just go travel. I can do whatever I want to do and I'm not going to worry about it. If, uh, I'm, I'm not really expecting much of a harvest. So you, know, the, the, you think there's something wrong with that type of a farmer. Farmers are always planting they're always sowing with great anticipation. And so likewise, we should be planting and sowing with great anticipation. But a part of that great, a, a key, a vital part of this anticipation is that God is doing a work in me. He's not just channeling resources through me, but he's doing a transformation work in our hearts. And that, gen, that transformation is, is that, that, uh, that we would have a harvest of generosity and that we, could, we can always be generous. Always be generous. Not just sometimes, but always. It's 24-7. It's, it, it, it's part of my disposition. I'm generous. I'm always quick to do this. I'm always quick to give. I'm always quick to share. I'm quick to help. I'm quick to give a word of encouragement. I'm a generous person. You all could be just a little bit more generous with your feedback this morning and say, amen, preach it, Pastor Ray. <laughs> Developing a disposition, a harvest of generosity so that you can always be generous, always be generous. That's where we want to get to, a place of always being generous. I want to share with you today, I'm going to give you three keys to developing this heart toward generosity. And the first one, the first key, I, I, I entitled it, Receive the Charge. That's found in 1 Timothy chapter 6. 
at verse 17 through 19. The charge to generosity. Verse 17 says, teach. I've got the word charge. King James has charged those. But verse 17 says, teach those or charge those who are rich in this world not to be too proud. Now, don't eliminate yourself thinking, well, you're to charge those. You're to teach those that are rich in this world. That does not apply to me. I submit to you that does apply to you that are here today. You're living here in Berks County. I believe everyone that's here today has a roof over your head. You had food in your refrigerator this morning and you drove here in a vehicle. You are among the world's wealthiest people. When you take it, when you look at it from a whole world perspective, you here this morning, all of us here at Grace are among the wealthiest people in the world. We're in the top percentage, the top 10%, I might add. You have to stop looking at, you know, a, a handful of names that we're familiar with here in our culture and, and these uh, multi-billionaires and thinking, oh my goodness, they are the wealthy people that, and, and I'm not wealthy. Well, yes, they are wealthy in, in numbers. They have great resources, but that doesn't eliminate you being a rich person. When you look at it from a world perspective, God is the God of the whole world. God so loved the whole world, so he charged the whole world, those who are rich in the whole world, and you are far richer than most of the people in the entire world. Far richer. Amen. You are far richer. You have far more to be generous with than so many other people. So this applies to you today. That's why I am teaching you and I'm charging you that are rich in this world not to be proud, not to trust in, your, in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust, your trust, should be in God who richly, there it is again, God is rich or God is generous, richly or generously gives us all we need for our enjoyment. God richly gives you all you need for your enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich or generous in good works and generous to those in need, always ready to share with others. So that's the charge towards generosity, is that we are not trusting, we are not trusting in our resources, but we are trusting in God who richly supplies all of our need for our enjoyment and that we are to use the resources that God has given to us to do good. We are to be rich or to be generous in this and to, and to be generous to those who are in need, to be generous. If you find out someone has a need, someone's, uh, someone's house got flooded and they lost all their clothing and all their furniture, you say, hey, we need to collect clothing and furniture for a family for this particular family, and we put on a clothing drive, where do you go for your, which clothing are you donating? Moving right along, which piece of furniture are you gonna donate? Are you gonna be generous with it, or are you gonna get something that you've been thinking, you had it in the goodwill pile for some months, and say, oh, well, I was gonna take this to goodwill anyway, so why don't we give it to this family over here? Well, it's better than nothing, but was it, generous as, was it as generous as you could have been? Was I as generous as I could have been? 
Receive the charge. Receive the instruction to become generous and, and, and to trust in God who richly gives you everything for you to enjoy. Enjoy what you have. Hold it loosely. Be willing to give it to whoever God instructs you to give it to. There's someone out there somewhere. I'm sure that's the online people this morning that are really, really hyped up about this. They're saying, Pastor Ray, I so needed to hear that. I so needed to hear that. I've been so selfish. I've been so stingy. Thank you for sharing that with me this morning. Yay. <laughs> Praise God. Did everyone say, I receive that charge? Amen. After you receive the charge, the second key to developing a heart of generosity is the choice. Everyone say the choice. That we're going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians 9, and we'll begin reading at verse 6. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6 says, Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each provide in your heart how much to give, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others, as the scripture say. As the scriptures say. Now notice verse 7. We, we talked about the charge to those who are rich. Now we have a choice to those who are rich. We have a choice to make. Verse 7 tells us that you must each decide in your heart how much to give. Notice it does not say you must each decide in your heart whether I will give or I won't give. It's not saying, well, you know, this is New Testament. We're no longer under law. The law was instituted under the Old Testament, which for your sake it was not. It was instituted 400 years before the law, incorporated into the law, and Jesus affirmed it in the New Testament. But we're not going to talk about that today because the glory of the New Testament far supersedes the glory of the Old Testament. So if you want to camp in the old, go ahead. I'm going to go with the new because it's far greater. It's far more generous. Amen. But we each must decide in our hearts, that heart of generosity, how much I'm going to give, not whether I'm going to give or not. Because so many people in the New Testament church say, well, I, it's not required of me to give. I don't need to give because that's, that's old covenant. Well, it's not. So you decide how much. How generous are you going to be? You make the decision. You make the decision how generous you will be. To help you make that decision, I'm going to share with you from Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24 and 25. Do we have that? Yeah, there it is. Give freely and become more wealthy. Or you could say give generously and become more wealthy. Be stingy, hold it tight, and lose everything. Now, we all learned during COVID how to wash our hands and to wash them frequently and to wash them. What was it? How long was it supposed to be? 30 seconds, two minutes? I forget. I know it's a whole lot longer than I used to wash them. <laughs> 
But the next time you put your hands under the faucet and you cup your hand under the faucet and you just look at the amount of water that you have in your hand and you keep your hands open and that water continues to flow in there freely, graciously, generously, and abundantly, you all of a sudden panic thinking, what if the water stops? What if the water stops flowing and you panic and you grip it? Hold on to it. Be stingy with it. You just lost it. You just lost it. God and his generosity, in his generosity, resources are continually flowing to you. You keep your heart open like you cup your hands open. And you always keep it open. There's plenty in your hand and there's plenty running over. You become fearful and you become stingy and thinking, what if God doesn't show up tomorrow? You know, we were worshiping him today. And we were declaring that he was and he is and he always will be. But when we become afraid and when we start listening to the uh, media cycles rather than the Holy Spirit and the media is telling, telling us how difficult things are and how we can expect them to become even more difficult, what happens in the natural realm is we start cupping our hand, we start closing up, and before we know it, we're gripping, we're trying to grip onto that which we have, and, and the source can no longer, it's no longer flowing through. We just lost what we have. Be stingy and lose everything. The next verse, 25. The generous will prosper, and those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Again, that principle and that proposition. Refresh others. You yourself will be refreshed. Give. It will be given back to you. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. So plain. It will produce for you. So the choice, you have a choice. The good news is, in the grace of God, is you always have a choice, but we must train ourselves and we must develop our heart to, to, uh, to be a generous heart. We have to, in the, in the area of making choices, we always have to be mindful of uh, just how stingy and selfish the human heart can be and how the human heart, you can really persuade yourself to uh, make decisions that are not... <laughs> And not in your best interest. You think they are, but they're really not. You can persuade yourself that you need to hold on to it. You can persuade yourself that you don't need to give that word of affirmation. You can persuade yourself that I don't need to be kind to this person. I don't need to be generous in my forgiveness of that person because they have offended me so many times. Well, you be generous and you keep forgiving, you keep loving, and, and the heart will convince itself, I don't need to do it. You can look at your financial situation and you, your heart can convince yourself that I don't need to give because I really can't afford it. The truth is, is you can't afford not to be generous. You, can, you can't afford not to be sowing. It's a, it's, it's a law that God set into motion. You sow and you will reap. You give, it will be given back to you. Give freely, become more wealthy. Be stingy, and you will lose everything. The generous, the generous will prosper. So you want to continue to uh, purpose to work on that, on, on your heart. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you where you're at. Again, don't put dollar amounts to this, because if, if someone's making a million dollars a year and their tithe is 100000 a year, and you think, wow, they're really generous. They brought $100,000 into the ministry. 
and a, you know, my, my 10,000 or my 1,000 is nothing compared to what they're doing. No, it's in proportion. The widow's might, she gave everything she had, and Jesus said that she gave more than the rest that gave out of their abundance. And so it's a heart attitude. It's between you and God. You decide. It's between you and God, but God wants you to make the decision. Don't be arm twisted into it. Don't, don't be made guilty that you need to do this. It's between you and your heavenly father. You know where you're at and you know where the father has you, but you also know where he wants to take you. And he wants you to, to uh, receive the charge from the word of God. He wants you to always make the right choice. The Holy Spirit will help you. He'll lead you. He'll guide you. And he will direct you in, in, into giving. And, and, and where you are to be generous. And when, I, and when I'm talking about giving, I just gave that analogy about the, you know, about the person giving 100,000, I said, to the church, and, and the other person gives 1,000, or another person gives 10,000. Those are illustrative purposes, and I said to the church, because th- that is a part of but I'm talking beyond your giving of your tithe to the church. I'm talking about your, a generous lifestyle. A generous lifestyle, that you're just generous in so many different areas. And so I I don't want you to think that this is all about Grace Church. And this is all about each one of our hearts and living a lifestyle of generosity to God. So we have the charge in 1 Timothy. Charge those who are rich that, you know, we're uh, we're to be rich in doing good works, generous in doing good works. God has given us richly all things to enjoy. We are to enjoy life and enjoy your stewardship. Get in sync with God. Be making the right choices. You must decide in your heart how much to give. It's between you and God. And number three, I want to put the challenge before you. In Malachi chapter three. So we have a charge You have a choice, and now you also have a challenge from the Word of God. In Malachi chapter 3, beginning at verse 10, it says, Bring all the tithe into the storehouse, so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. See that? Last sentence. Try it. Everyone say, try it. Say it like you mean it. Try it. What are we trying? We're trying to bring our tithe into the storehouse and we are trying to hook up and to believe God's proposition that if we do so, there will be certain benefits, there will be certain results. The proposition goes along with the promises. Let's stop fighting it. Stop arguing against proposition. Uh, You say, well, Pastor Ray, do you believe in the prosperity gospel? I believe that God wants us to be blessed he wants that he wants to prosper us generously so that we can be rich in good works and that I believe that God has given us all things to enjoy. The prosperity message in the word of God is not wrong. What's, what's wrong many times when people teach on prosperity is not what they teach, it's what they don't teach. 
They don't teach character development. They don't teach integrity. They don't, they don't teach walking in love and forgiveness and things like that. And so just stop fighting what may be in our culture and get back to the word of the Lord. Receive the charge from God's word. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, you make the choice. Don't worry about what anybody else teaches or what I'm teaching or what you read in someone else's book. You make the choice that you're going to get with God, you're going to read his word, and you're going to hear from the Holy Spirit, and you're going to develop a lifestyle of generosity. But this, this word here, it distinctly tells us, it said, if you'll bring the tithe, if you do, says the Lord of heaven, if you do. Everyone say, if I do. So if, if you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, that I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. I'll be honest with you. I've experienced great grace in my life. I've experienced great provision in my life, but I have never, don't think I've gotten anywhere close to saying, hold it, stop, 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 send it over to the neighbors. I just don't have room. The bank called and said, hey, they can't insure this amount anymore. I called, went to the next bank. They're calling now and said, they can't insure it. You better go somewhere else. All the banks in town are saying, we can't take any more of your money, Mr. Sensenick. <laughs> We're sorry, but we, you know, we'd like to have it, but we just can't insure it. And if something happens, we don't want to be responsible for it. So we don't know what to tell you, but you know, that hasn't happened yet. They may call tomorrow. I don't know. I mean, they were closed on Friday, and of course, they're not open today, so they might call tomorrow and report that. And I'll receive that. <laughs> Such blessings that you don't even have room to take it in. And then it says, the Word of God says, try it. This is a word from the Lord through the prophet Malachi. And, you know, it's, it's one of the last words from God. It's the last book here before there was 400 years of silence. So I think he's putting out there some important things that he wants us to hear before things go quiet. But uh, try it, and then that's followed up by put me to the test. Try obeying God in the realm of developing a heart of generosity. Try it and put him to the test. He said, your crops will be abundant. I will guard them from insects and diseases. Your grapes will not fail from the, will not fail or fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Then all nations will call you blessed for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. I don't know about you, but that's who I want on my side. I want God on my side and I want him uh, to uh, keep his word in my life. I want to keep his word in my heart and I want to be in a relationship with him and I want to be in a place where I receive the charge from his word. I make the choice that is biblical and I accept the challenge and I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. I'm going to put him to the test. I'm going to be obedient to God's word. Again, in Luke chapter 6 and verse 38, can you pull that verse up for us? It says, give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. 
Now, I've, for many years, those of you that have been with us for over the years, you've heard me use this analogy that I enjoy a mug of ice cream at night, and I used to have a big mug of ice cream, and I started feeling like, you know what, I'm starting to show up here. I need to let's really suck this thing in, and then I can't talk very well. But uh, so I started getting a smaller mug, thinking this is much better, a smaller mug. But I had the smaller mug, and I found myself just pressing it in there. <laughs> I pressed that ice cream in there, and I just really went after it. I really pressed it in there, and I put the sprinkles and things on top, running over. Now I have to come up with a new analogy because some time ago I felt impressed that I need to even stop the smaller mug and I asked Nancy to please stop buying that ice cream so I don't have to be tempted. So uh, there's something else that needs to be pressed down, shaken together and running over. <laughs> Amen. Just believe in God for the goodness and the mercy of God. Believe in God for it. Believe in God that it's going to come back. Return to you in full. Everyone say in full. So you're never at anything. You say, well, I'm barely paying my bills with 100% of my salary. How am I going to pay my bills if I give God the tithe, first of all, if I'm generous to other people like God's instructing me to do? How, how, how's that going to work? He said, well, it's coming back to you. It's going to return to you in full, in full, pressed down, shaken together, running over, be poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Proportion. Proportionate. That, that idea of pouring into your lap, that, of course, that's from biblical times. So the clothing that they wore often incorporated an apron, an apron. And my mom always wore an apron. I probably remember her more with an apron on than, than not having one on. But nonetheless, I also remember going to uh, take one of the missions trips I had taken into Mexico. And we went out to the, to the poor squatters villages and we were taking... Um, the, the big 50-pound bags of beans and to distribute them among the families. And I remember many of them didn't have, really have adequate containers for us to pour the beans into. Many of, the, many of the people, they would just take their apron or their, their, their skirt to their dress and they would hold it up like this and you pour the beans in there. And it's far, you can get far more into an apron that's held at and then poured into than you can pour into your hands. So you sow what's in your hand and it comes back by the lapful comes back, the lap will be poured into your lap, into your apron. And so much more is coming back than what was sown. The same sowing seed. When we sowed back to the garden when I was a child growing up, we, you plant kernels of sweet corn, the stalk of corn would come up and have several ears of sweet corn on it. And many, many kernels within each ear of corn. So it's always more comes back. You plant a tomato seed, a tomato plant has how many? Numerous tomatoes on it. You plant an apple tree, just one seed. You plant the tree and just multiple apples, bushels of apples, year after year out of one seed. Always much more is coming back. You can, you can cut an apple open and count the seeds in it, but you cannot count the apples in a seed. You can't really count the return on your seed when you get hooked up with God, when you, when you accept the challenge here and says, try it, put me to the test. Put me to the test. Let's go back to 2 Corinthians one more time. Uh, chapter 8. I'm going to wrap this up for you. Okay. 
2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1 says, Now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches of Macedonia. They are being tested. There's three they are statements in this particular verse. They are being, number one, tested by many troubles. Number two, they are very poor. And number three, but they are also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. So here's a church of Macedonia that's very poor. They're being tested severely, and they're very poor, and they are filled with joy, and it resulted in a rich generosity. And so like I said, you are among the wealthiest people in the world. You were nowhere nearly as poor as these people of Macedonia were, nor were you unlikely tested to the degree that they had been tested. But yet they were filled with an abundant joy and it overflowed in a rich generosity. So I want you to to, uh, be encouraged and I want you to uh, recognize and to realize just as these individuals were were, uh, rich in generosity beyond what made sense in the natural realm, that we also also are to grow in this generosity, in this generosity. And I believe it's in verse 7. Let me find it here real quickly. Yeah, verse 7 says, I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. Since you excel in so many ways in your faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, your love from us, I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. So we have a charge, we have a choice, and you have the challenge put before you. I'm going to ask you, to receive this prayer from Philemon chapter one. Well, there only is one chapter, but you can pull that up on the screen. Philemon, beginning at verse four, says, I always thank my God when I pray for you. Philemon, next verse. Because I keep hearing about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, in verse six. And I am praying that you will put into action, receive the challenge, that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith. When you were born again, the spirit of faith, the seed of faith was sown into your spirit. It's in you. Generosity is in you. It comes out of that faith. You were born again by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. So it's in you. It's in all of us to different levels, different degrees, but we all need to be growing in it, maturing in it, developing it to an even greater degree, come into that where we're always making the right choice and we're always accepting the the challenge and we're saying yes to the Holy Spirit. So pray that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. Father, this is my prayer for Grace Church and our extended family. We thank you and we praise you, Lord Jesus, for the spirit of generosity, that heart of love that that has the characteristics, is characterized by being generous at all times. Father, we receive the charge from your word. I pray, Father God, for wisdom and discernment that we would always make the right choice. We would never be manipulated. We would never be guilted into giving into something that 
that you're not, that, that you're not in it, Father, we, we would never give in situations like that, but we always have the discernment of the Holy Spirit, that we always make the decision what to give. And Father, I thank you as we embrace the challenge of your word. The prophet Malachi challenged us to try it, to put God to the test. And Lord God, we believe that it's your heart's desire that you are challenging us to grow us up, to strengthen us, to equip us, to have a greater impact of kingdom growth here in Berks and beyond in Jesus' name. I pray for every individual, for every household, Lord God, for you to show up as you promised in your word that you would supply every need and it's always according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus, not dependent on our economy, but on your economy, your riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I pray that over every household and all the people said, amen, amen, amen and amen. Praise God. Receive the riches of God's grace in your life. Accept the charge, make the right choice, and embrace the challenge. Say, God, I'm challenging you in this. I'm going to challenge you in this. I'm believing you. That's a, that's a healthy challenge. It's a healthy challenge. You can do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God.